Good morning and welcome to our Wednesday morning chapel. This morning we will begin with the Wednesday morning prayer. If you'd like to follow along with that, you'll find it on page 169 in the front part of the hymn book. Page 169, the prayer for Wednesday morning. By the way, these are some beautiful prayers for both morning and evening that uh, have been put in our hymn book that um, were written by a Norwegian pastor years ago, and they're just wonderful prayers. Uh, our family used to start out with them every morning, so uh, it takes me back to childhood to, to use these. So, we begin with the prayer for Wednesday morning. Unto you, O Heavenly Father, I direct my first thoughts and lift up my heart in prayer that I may live and walk in you alone. Be my fortress this night, as you have been my protection through this night, for which I thank you with my whole heart. Watch this day also over my soul and my members. May I also turn to you in true penitence. Cleanse me from all wickedness and uncleanness. May I walk in your fear in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and trusting in his precious merits, I give myself to you altogether with all that you have bestowed upon me. Bless me in him with whatever pleases you. Grant me wisdom and strength to perform the duties of the calling in which you have placed me. May your holy angels accompany me and mine in all our ways and help us to walk together in love in the narrow path which leads to your heaven. To this end, help us by your Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Today our scripture reading is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, one of the great parables of our Lord, the 14th chapter beginning with verse 15. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. If May begins the wedding season, uh, December, January is often the invitation season. I know my wife and I have received a number of save the date cards already. I think we have six or seven weddings on our calendar for the summer already. Uh, in our house, we have a calendar that um, has a pocket under each month where we can put the invitations so that we don't lose them. Because early on in our marriage, I'm sure it was because of me, uh, the, uh, there were times when we would forget where the reception was and or forget the time of the wedding, things like that. So having that save the date card and then later the actual invitation can become so important. In Jesus' day, they had a custom in Palestine of sending out an initial invitation to come to a particular feast. Some days it, sometimes it lasted for days. And then the, uh, the day before or the day of, uh, you would send your servant out to people's homes and tell them, that it's started and that you should now come and the feast is ready to go. And Jesus uses that picture uh, that we can all relate to in some way. Uh, he uses that as a picture of the feast of salvation, the feast of heaven, and the hope of going to heaven for us. And the lesson that he's teaching us in here is really for those who have heard the gospel and the invitation in the gospel to be careful of how we deal with that and how we handle that gracious invitation from God. Earthly issues that come up in our lives, day-to-day -day regular things, mundane, routine things, can start to cloud out in our thinking and in our hearts the importance of this invitation. And when you look at the excuses that are given here that Jesus uses in the text, uh, the excuses that are given, they're not some big, awful things. Martin Luther said, don't make the mistake of thinking that these are some big, gross sins that people have fallen into that caused them to turn away the invitation. No, this is regular, everyday stuff. They were occupied with very praiseworthy, good things when you look at each one of them, okay? 
And it shows us that even the regular routine aspects of day life and our, the busyness of our schedules and our classes and our jobs and everything else can, can just start to cloud out how important keeping that invitation of the gospel for, uh, front and foremost. Look at the excuses. One is taking care of property. Taking care of property. There's a lot of places in the Bible where God tells us to take care of the goods that he uses to bless us with. Or taking care of a person's business and our employment. It's a wonderful thing. God, again, has a lot to say about that. If a man shall not work, neither should he eat. Uh, God has a lot of instructions to us in Scripture about our vocations in life and, and how we carry them out and should do them to his glory and so on. And getting married. We know that Christ used the wedding for his first miracle and we know marriage is a blessing from God and how much God has to say about our marriages and families and scripture throughout. So these are wonderful things, but even they can get in the way of my heart and my mind in terms of priorities and in terms of, of uh, seeing the significance and the great tremendous value that there is in the gospel invitation that comes to us. And it doesn't take much to take our minds off of the importance of looking forward to going to heaven. And I'll just say this in all honesty, when I was a college student, uh, I think that was even more magnified in my life. Um, when you're young, uh, leaving this world is one of the last things you're thinking about, probably on a day-to-day -day basis. And there's, there's this, a sense, there was a sense in me anyway, that I know, I know the gospel's important. I'm going to come back to it someday because it's really important. But for right now, I've got a lot of other things that, that I really need to be concerned about. And, and that's, I know for myself, that's the way the devil likes to just kind of slip down in my list of personal priorities the significance of this wonderful invitation that we have. Jesus would have us look to the Jews of his day um, many of the people that had been blessed through their families and through their culture and their nation to have all the, the, the trappings of God's kingdom around them, the prophets, the word of God, the temple worship. They'd had it in their heritage, in their music. It was built right into their culture. And yet Jesus speaks these words in their presence to remind them of how easy it was for them to let all of this slip away. So our Lord wants us to continue to always treat the invitation that comes to your heart and mind through the gospel with such great importance. And there's a, there's a harsh warning here if that doesn't happen. Listen to what Jesus uses, it says in his text. Uh, he has this man who sends out the invitation. The master says, I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. My dad used to use an expression and every time I read this text, I think about it, and I've maybe used it before. Don't trifle with the gospel. Don't mess around with it in your life like, yeah, it's good. I'll come back someday. Don't mess around with it. God's invitation is now. When his word comes to us, and when he comes to us through his word and sacrament now, now is the day, now is the time to have our hearts engaged in that by the work of the Holy Spirit. So there's an urgency in this invitation that needs to keep us always ready. He says, come, for all things are now ready. 
Isn't that a wonderful statement? There's nothing yet to be done. Because of the work of God's Son, the banquet, the feast, is all taken care of. It's not as though God is going to come to you and say, here's the invitation to come to the wedding and come to the feast. And by the way, when you get there, you're going to have to do some dishes. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. God doesn't come and add something that you or put it on you, anything that has to be done. He's taken care of it all. All things are now ready. He has made full satisfaction for all of your sins. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. It's not as though God is going to put something yet on you and on your conscience to burden you to say, there's still something yet. No, Christ said from the cross, it is finished. What a wonderful thing that is. Come for all things are now ready. And so the Father's heart has turned to you and turns to you through the mouths of preachers and pastors who are just like you. And he can also sometimes use you in an individual way in your life. Listen to this. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Notice the intensity from the master. He wants to get his house filled with guests. The heart of God longs to reach the sinner. It longs to connect with even the lowest people who are out there in the world. And you can see that throughout the ministry of Christ. You can see it reflected in the, the, the father of the prodigal son standing out on the road looking for his son to come back in repentance. The same way God is looking at you and me right now through his word. Just, just waiting and hoping for us to grab a hold of that invitation by the work of his Holy Spirit. There are those in the streets and lanes of the city all around us today as well. Uh, there are those who are caught up in the hedges and the byways. Maybe sometimes people we wouldn't expect who someday, by God's working in their heart, are going to end up in heaven. There's going to be a lot of surprises in heaven, I think. People that maybe we did not expect, and, and maybe on the other side, people we did expect would have been in heaven. But those that we would never in this life have expected, who heeded and listened to the call of the gospel, who had their hearts tugged by that. I remember meeting a man at a wedding I was doing many years ago, and uh, he was what you would call a street person, just had a filthy beard and missing teeth and everything else. And after I preached and everything about Christ, he came up to me afterwards and he said, it sure is nice to hear about Jesus probably the one in the crowd up to my opinion I would have thought would be the least one to compliment anything. There might be some surprises in heaven. How might God use you to compel people to take hold of this invitation? How might God use you in your life? Who, who do you know in your life right now that maybe in your own subtle, gentle way, even just through your prayers and through your actions, you might be able to share this wonderful hope that we have of going to heaven. Just think what a, what a joyful day it will be to be around the feast of salvation when all of us are there now forever because of the work of our Savior and to see faces of people at the table that somehow God used us to help bring that invitation to. What a blessed day that will be. Amen. We join to sing.
May the triune God of your baptism, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Go in his peace. Amen.